fans to episode number 207 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. We're going to be spending pretty much all of today's episode talking about the buyout window, which opens today at 5 p.m. and will stay open for the next two weeks, uh, leading right up to free agency. In fact, the day before free agency is when the buyout window closes. Obviously, there's a lot of moving parts here around the NHL, some things that could affect the Rangers. We're going to be talking a little bit about some of the buyout candidates from around the league, and also if the Rangers could have any interest in some of these players if they get bought out and become free agents. Uh, Additionally, the Senators have already moved on from several players, including one that I think could be a really nice fit with the Rangers. We're going to talk about him as well. But we got to start today's episode by talking about who else? Henrik Lundqvist. Because, again, that buyout window opens at 5 p.m. today. I don't know that the Rangers would immediately buy him out as soon as we get to 5 o'clock, but we will see. And it's one of those situations where this was always a possibility, Henrik Lundqvist being bought out, but now it's getting to the point where it almost sounds like it's becoming a probability, which is unfortunate because I really don't want to see Henrik Lundqvist's tenure with the Rangers come to an end via buyout. You know, that's just an ugly word. And as recently as, I don't know, say four or five years ago, it seemed unfathomable that this was how it would end for Henrik Lundqvist in New York. I mean, I suppose, you know, if you go back five years in time, you take a look at Henrik Lundqvist's contract back then, then maybe you might have been able to figure out that Lundqvist would be declining by this point. But still, you know, the Rangers are going to buy him out. I, I just don't know how many of us would have really believed that even if we were lying to ourselves a little bit, maybe not wanting to acknowledge the reality that Henrik Lundqvist was eventually going to slow down and eventually get to a point where he was you know, clearly overpaid. But again, it seems like a very real possibility, if not a probability. And one of the things I've been saying on here as far as Lundqvist's chances of returning to the Rangers next season is that I didn't think the Rangers were going to go crazy in free agency this year. And I still don't. But I figured that maybe that could allow the Rangers to be able to afford to hang on to Lundqvist for one more season. However, if they do hang on to Henrik Lundqvist, then it's going to be very hard for them to re-sign as many of their own free agents as they would probably like to re-sign. Lundqvist's contract, if he's brought back next season, might mean saying goodbye to guys like Tony D'Angelo, Ryan Strom, Alex Georgiev, Jesper Jesper Foss is probably gone either way, but he's another one. You know, you wouldn't be able to even entertain the idea of bringing back Jesper Foss. And, you know, we could sit here and we could debate uh, which of these Ranger players that could be or should be brought back by the team next season. And, you know, we have talked about that quite a bit during the offseason. We will continue to do so leading up to free agency. But regardless of which players that you might think the Rangers should bring back and who you think they could let walk, who you think is expendable, uh, chances are very good that you as a Ranger fan would like to see at least a few of these guys back on the team next season. Uh, The Rangers have eight impending free agents, and if Lundqvist retires or is traded or even bought out, then re-signing some of these players definitely becomes easier because they have a little bit more money to play with. If they hang on to Lundqvist, it becomes that much more difficult. And you look at all the different options that the Rangers have as it pertains to Henrik Lundqvist, you could go down the trade route, but all of that is contingent on Henrik Lundqvist waiving his no-move clause, which I'm just not so sure he's going to do. It's a situation where they've approached him about that in the past, and he hasn't really uh, shown any interest in doing so. Maybe things are a little bit different now. Maybe he can kind of read the writing on the walls, and maybe he wants to go to a contender and, you know, chase a Stanley Cup, a team that will have a better chance to win a Stanley Cup next season than the Rangers might. Uh, But 
I don't know. There haven't been any indications to suggest that that's what Henrik Lundqvist wants. So until I see or hear otherwise, I got to assume that that's still not the case, that he just wants to play out his contract in New York. The other issue when it comes to a trade here, even if, let's say, Henrik Lundqvist is willing to waive the no-move clause, he's willing to move on, he's willing to go to another team, the issue here is that, you know, if the Rangers retain 50% of Henrik Lundqvist's uh, cap hit, then the team that acquires him would still be paying him $4.25 million. And I think 50% is the most that the Rangers are allowed to retain. So even if they go uh, all out and they do indeed retain 50%, then the team acquiring him still owes him $4.25 million. That's still a little bit expensive for Henrik Lundqvist at this point in his career. I mean, maybe a team that you know has a lot of salary cap space, they can afford to do that and they can uh, take on that contract. for It is just for one season after all. But I don't know. That's a little bit dicey in and of itself. And I think there's a lot of teams out there that they see $4.25 million for Henrik Lundqvist, who would likely be in a backup role with his new team, uh, that probably is a little bit too steep for a lot of teams in the NHL. Uh, of course, the other option is the buyout. The buyout would save the Rangers $3 million this season, but it would cost them $1.5 million next season. And so in total, you would only be saving $1.5 million. Although to save the $3 million this season, if that could make the difference between potentially re-signing somebody that you would otherwise have to let walk in free agency, you know, maybe that's money that you could spend toward bringing back a guy like Ryan Strom, then maybe it's worth it for the Rangers to go down the buyout uh, path. There are still a number of different ways that this could go, but one of the other big things that I haven't really talked about a whole lot on here is that I really, really hope that this does not result in any ill will between Lundqvist and the Rangers because that would really be unfortunate. Uh, again, the guy's an absolute legend. He has only ever played for the New York Rangers. He gave this franchise much more than they ever could have expected when he was a seventh-round draft pick all the way back in 2000. I mean, who could have seen this coming from a seventh-round draft pick? And I don't think either side is really in the wrong here because you look at it from Henrik Lundqvist's point of view, he seemingly wants to keep playing and he doesn't want to forfeit his salary. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's got one more year left on his deal. On the other side of things, uh, the Rangers they realize that Henrik Lundqvist's best days are behind him, and they're ready to go in a new direction. There's nothing wrong with that either. So I don't really fault either side here. It's just a messy situation, and I just hope that there can be a peaceful resolution one way or another because we don't need to see the Rangers and Lundqvist at odds with each other for years to come. I don't think anybody wants to see that. And listen, we're going to have plenty more to say about Henrik Lundqvist if his tenure with the Rangers does indeed come to an end. We might even do an entire Henrik Lundqvist week where basically uh, every episode of the podcast is just focused on Henrik Lundqvist. You know, career highs, uh, his life before the NHL, his best performances, his best saves, whatever it might be, we'll, we'll look at everything, uh, even his work away from the rink. There's a lot we could really dive into with Henrik Lundqvist, and we will indeed do that, especially if his time with the Rangers comes to an end, but I just hope, uh, again, for a peaceful resolution here because I don't want to see there be any bad blood between Henrik Lundqvist and the New York Rangers. So the Ottawa Senators have kind of gotten ahead of the game a little bit here. They've got a couple of players who they've already said are not going to be back with the team next season. I want to talk about that just a little bit. There's one in particular who I definitely think could be a nice fit with the Rangers. Uh, we talked about him a little bit in the past, but I'm going to start. This is not that player, but we're going to start by talking about Bobby Ryan. Uh, he was placed on unconditional waivers by the Ottawa Senators with the purpose of buying out the final two years remaining on his contract. And we actually talked about Bobby Ryan a while back because he was one of the three finalists for the Bill Masterson Trophy this season. Uh, that trophy goes to the player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to ice hockey. 
Ryan was nominated along with Oscar Lindblom of the Flyers and Stephen Johns of the Dallas Stars, and Ryan ended up winning the award. This season, he revealed that he struggled with alcoholism and post-traumatic stress disorder, and he did so to help others with addiction issues. And he was away from the Senators for several months. He attended an NHL player assistance program, rejoined the team on February 25th in an away game against the Predators, and then in his second game back, which was his first home game back, he actually scored a hat trick against the Vancouver Canucks. So obviously a very cool moment there. There and a great recipient for that award. He's a 33-year-old right winger with the number two overall pick of the draft all the way back in 2005, spent his first seasons with the Anaheim Ducks, but his numbers have mostly been on the decline. Uh, over the past four seasons, he has averaged less than 57 games per season to go along with an average of only 27 points in those four seasons. So, you know, as far as him maybe being a fit for the Rangers, I don't see it. I mean, maybe as a depth piece, a bottom six forward. Maybe if you're talking about a one-year deal, you sign him as a bit of a stopgap and try to improve the fourth line a little bit. It could make some sense for the Rangers, but really, I mean, what are the Rangers going to gain by signing Bobby Ryan? Again, he's 33 years old, so he's starting to get up there. His play has been on the decline. He was set to make $7.5 million in each of the next two seasons. He's definitely going to have to settle for less than that on the open market. But yeah, overall, I don't really see how Bobby Ryan is a great fit here. I would rather have a spot open for guys like Julian Gauthier or Brett Howden if Brett Howden plays the wing. And frankly, the Rangers, they have enough tough decisions to make as it pertains to the salary cap without having to worry about how they're going to fit a declining 33-year-old into the picture next season. So yeah, I, I don't see the Rangers making Bobby Ryan a target, but... One guy that I think could be a target by the Rangers and somebody who I think the Rangers should at least take a little bit of a look at is Mark Borowiecki. The Senators have already announced that they will not be bringing back Mark Borowiecki or Craig Anderson next season. And as a quick aside here, get this stat. Every single player that was on the Senators' 2017 team and keep in mind, this is the team that eliminated the Rangers in the second round of the playoffs and then went into overtime against the Penguins in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Every single player from that team is now gone. Uh, that's really hard to believe. Uh, the only exceptions, there's technically two exceptions. You've got Colin White, but he only played in two games that year, and Tom Chabot, who only played in one game. But I bring up Borowiecki specifically because, you know, a while back we did an episode entitled Who Will the Rangers Target in Free Agency? And I listed Borowiecki as a guy I think could make some sense for the Rangers. And for anyone uh, not familiar with Borowiecki, he is a beast. He is a six foot two, 204-pound monster of a defenseman. He's 31 years old. He has played all nine seasons of his NHL career with the Senators. And all this guy does is hit, hit, hit. 375 career games in the NHL. He has 1,576 hits. That is more than four hits per game. Uh, he can fight. He will fight if the occasion calls for it. You know, us Ranger fans, we always want a little bit more toughness, a little bit more edge, a little bit more snarl, all that good stuff. Borowiecki delivers that in spades. He's just a fun player. He's a big guy. He throws his weight around. He's physical. And... He's someone I think Ranger fans would really like because, you know, from everything I hear, everything I see on social media, you know, talking to you guys a little bit as well, you know, people want that. They want that edge. They want that a little bit of nastiness, a little bit of snarl. We got that a little bit this past season from guys like Truba, uh, guys like Brandon Lemieux, guys like Tony D'Angelo. But, hey, it can't hurt to add one more, right? Uh, with Borowiecki, though, don't expect any offensive fireworks. He is definitely the stay-at-home type of defenseman, but that's fine. We've talked about this in the past as well, but the Rangers have a, a ton of defensemen who can chip in offensively. There's guys on the team right now like Truba, like Adam Fox, like Tony D'Angelo. If he's back next season, there's guys coming down the pipe like Andre Miller and Nils Lundqvist. So you don't have to have every single defenseman, uh, you know, chipping in for 
35, 40, 45, 50 points a season. It's not necessary, and you can have a couple guys that just kind of stay at home, which is what Borowiecki typically does, although he did have a career-high 7 goals and a career-high 11 assists in 53 games this past season, so maybe he has a little to offer in this department, but you know, if you're bringing Borowiecki, whether you're the Rangers or anybody else, you're doing it with defense in mind, and again, he's just a monster. you got to keep your head up if this guy's on the ice. He also plays the left side, which is really nice, and he's not going to break the bank. You know, he's coming off of a contract. Uh, it was for three years that paid him a grand total of just $3.3 million. Now, I think he'd be in line for a little bit of a raise. This is a guy that's consistently just kind of played his game at the NHL level, uh, a tough, occasionally nasty player, and somebody who, you know, throws his weight around. You know he's out there. You know, he makes his presence felt. A very physical player, but again, I don't think he's going to break the bank. I think if you're the Rangers, you could probably have him uh, relatively affordably, and he's somebody that I think you should take a look at if you're the New York Rangers. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code Locked On and get $10 off your first box at www.builtbar.com. All right, so one other thing that I wanted to do here today was to kind of just take a look around the NHL, look at some other buyout candidates from some other teams, and try to figure out if there could be a fit for the Rangers. Now, when I say some of these players' names, I don't think there's going to be too many people listening to this they are necessarily going to get uh, super excited, start doing cartwheels around their living room at the thought of adding any of these players, because you know, by the very nature of a buyout, we're probably dealing with players who underperformed this past season. And the key here, if you're the Rangers, and if you're interested in one of these guys, is you have to be able to identify somebody who you think underperformed last season and you think that maybe this past season was a little bit of an outlier and you can maybe coach them back into being the player that they were before being bought out and before this past season when everything went south. It's an opportunity to buy low. So again, there's nobody, you're not going to find any uh, you know, all-star caliber players on this list. But again, by its very nature, the buyout is usually for players who underperformed. Or in some cases, you've got a team that's completely strapped for cash. They need to do anything they can do to create some salary cap space. And so somebody becomes a casualty of a buyout. And for some context, as far as last year is concerned, there were 11 players bought out last season, and three of them are now playing in the Stanley Cup Finals. I thought that was interesting. I'm sure you're all aware of Kevin Shattenkirk. The less said about that, the better. Uh, but then you've also got Andres Shakira and Corey Perry. They were bought out after last season. They're both playing on the Dallas Stars right now. And, uh, you know, all three of these players have a chance to win a Stanley Cup. And all three of them have contributed at least somewhat to their teams. And 
just so everyone knows how this works, uh, when someone is bought out, the team that buys them out is responsible for paying two-thirds of the remaining salary left on the contract to that player. And these buyouts are spread out over twice the remaining term of the contract. So, you know, take Henrik Lundqvist, for example. He will be paid over two years because there's only one year left on his contract. If there's a player that has three years left on his contract and he gets bought out, then he'll be paid over the course of six years. Uh, the only exception here is if the player is under the age of 26, in which case uh, the team is only responsible for paying one-third of the contract rather than two-thirds. And I must also emphasize that these candidates are just that. They're candidates. There's no guarantee that all these players I'm about to talk about will be bought out by their current team, in which case it's all a moot point, and the Rangers obviously can't really do anything to get them on their team. But I wanted to kind of just look around. Uh, you know, you see articles that list, you know, the top buyout candidates around the league, and I thought it might be fun to just take a look at a couple of names here and just see if there could be anything uh, resembling a fit with the Rangers. I'm going to start with one that... Even I'm really not that excited about, but just stay with me for a second. Hang on. So the first name, and I'm going I'm to kind of build towards guys that I like more after this. The first name is Carl Alsner, who is a defenseman for the Canadians. Now, I know what you're saying. His game has absolutely fallen apart over the past couple of seasons. In fact, he has played only 13 NHL games over the past two seasons. He spent the rest of it in the AHL. He's now 32 years old. So why in the world would I possibly be interested at all in Carl Alsner? And I admit right now, it is an extremely small interest that I have. But the reason why you know, I'll, I'll at least, like, think about it a little bit, right, is the simple fact that you can get Carl Alsner for nothing. I mean, he's obviously not played good hockey over these past two seasons at all, and so he's probably going to have to settle for a two-way contract. He might open next season in the minors, uh, regardless of where he signs, but it wasn't that long ago where Carl Alsner was a pretty good defenseman, and on the off chance that he has just been miserable in Montreal, and he just I mean, he probably has been miserable in Montreal because he hasn't been able to play on the NHL team basically at all over these past two seasons. But on the off chance that he might just need to change his scenery. You know, we do see that across the NHL, across all sports, really, where guys just kind of, you know, it's just not clicking wherever they are. So on the very slight chance that all this guy needs is a change of scenery to maybe not necessarily become the player that he once was, but at least start to resemble that player a little bit, I'll at least give some consideration to Carl Alsner. Again, he will be dirt cheap. It will cost nothing to sign him. You can even start him in the minor leagues next season. I don't think he has any right to demand to uh, open next season on an NHL roster because his game's basically gone down the tube these past couple of seasons here. So for that reason and that reason alone, the fact that you know it wasn't long ago that he was a pretty good defenseman and the fact that he will come dirt cheap, I'll at least put a little bit of interest in Carl Alsner, who seems all but certain to uh, be bought out by the Montreal Canadiens. Another name that I'll toss out there that could at least be worth some consideration by the New York Rangers is going to be Ali Mata, a defenseman who spent this past season with the Chicago Blackhawks. He played for the Penguins for six years before that, still just 26 years old. And the reason why he's a little bit of a buyout candidate is the Blackhawks are in a spot where they've got some young players who are going to need a raise this offseason. Uh, Dominique Kubelik and Dylan Strom uh, definitely come to mind. Ali Mata, a former first-round pick. It's intriguing, but I don't know that the Rangers would want to pay what it would take to bring in Mata, especially uh, when they've got some highly touted defenseman prospects on the way who obviously wouldn't be making nearly as much money uh, in their rookie seasons and beyond as Ali Mata would be if he ends up signing with the Rangers uh, after he gets bought out by the Blackhawks, if he gets bought out by the Blackhawks. Plus, you know, if you're going to spend uh, that kind of money on a defenseman uh, that is on the free agent market, then why not just spend it on Tony D'Angelo? Because if you're the Rangers, you've got someone in-house that's better than Mata. You know, D'Angelo is just flat out better. It really is just that simple. Uh, D'Angelo might also cost a bit more than Ali Mata for that very reason. 
but I'd rather spend more on a proven commodity like D'Angelo than on someone like Mata, where we really don't know how he would perform with the Rangers. Mata's been making more than $4 million a season for quite some time, so if it comes down to, say, $4 million a year for Mata or maybe $5 million a year for D'Angelo, give me Tony D all the way on that one. We've already seen Tony D'Angelo play in New York and succeed in New York, and he's obviously coming off of this big-time breakout season. So if their cost is going to be relatively comparable anyway, uh, I would take Tony D'Angelo all the way. So, yeah, I mean, Ali Mata, you know, he's a good player. He's better than most of the players that are buyout candidates, but I can't see the Rangers spending on him. I, I really just don't see it right now, especially when you've got an in-house candidate in Tony D'Angelo that would seemingly be the better player to ink to a deal next season. Another buyout candidate that I'm going to toss at you guys from the Vancouver Canucks, 27-year-old left winger Sven Berchi. Now, the Canucks have gotten very little from Berchi over the last couple of seasons, but it could be another case of a buy-low type player, a bargain-free agent, or whatever term you might prefer. But in the last two seasons, it really has not been good for Berchi. He's played a total of just 32 games in those two seasons with the Canucks, and he has just nine goals and seven assists. Uh, prior to that, he had a three-year run in Vancouver where he had between 28 and 35 points. I mean, it's not all-star level production, but it's not bad. You could live with that for a guy playing maybe on your third line, certainly your fourth line, but for whatever reason, just has not come together for Berchi in Vancouver over the last couple of seasons. Uh, now, given that he's a left winger, it doesn't seem likely that he would be ticketed for a top six role. I mean, the Rangers wouldn't want him to be a top six forward anyway, but he probably wouldn't even be in a top nine role if he's going to stick at left wing because you've got Kreider, you've got Panarin, and you're about to have Lafreniere. So really, if he came to the Rangers, stuck at left wing, the only option is really the fourth line. But if Berchi has a market that's slow to develop, which certainly seems possible considering he only played six games with the Canucks this past season, then maybe it's worth giving him a call if you're the Rangers. You know, he's still fairly young at just 27 years old, and we've talked about how the Rangers uh, don't seem likely to go nuts in free agency this season. They might just do some patchwork. Sven Berchi on your fourth line would qualify as patchwork, and it could be worth it if the price is right. Now, maybe I'm underestimating Berchi's market a little bit. Maybe he'll get a decent contract, but given that he's only played, again, 32 games over the past two years, uh, I don't think his phone is going to be ringing off the hook when free agency starts. So could be worth a look if you're the Rangers. Could be a way to upgrade the bottom six or especially the fourth line if you're the Rangers. Uh, he is set to make $2.4 million this upcoming season. Obviously, that will change if he gets bought out. But, you know, given that his production has dipped since he signed this most recent contract, which is a three-year, $10.1 million contract going into the 2018-2019 season, uh, it seems like he would probably have to settle for less than that, a smaller average annual value than what he was getting with Vancouver and could be worth a look if you're the Rangers here. You know, again, not an old player by any stretch, just 27 years old and somebody who could, you know, improve uh, the depth of your team a little bit. One more potential buyout candidate. I got to throw in at least one former Ranger, you know, par for the course here whenever we do lists like this. And I'm going to throw out John Moore, a 29-year-old defenseman. He has most recently played with the Boston Bruins. This past season, he was kind of in and out of the lineup as a healthy scratch, although part of the reason for that is the Bruins do have kind of a crowded blue line. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, you've got Tori Krug and Zdeno Chara, who both may or may not be back with the team next season. So it might make it less likely that the Bruins would buy out John Moore, but let's just stick with the idea that maybe they'll buy him out for the purposes of this exercise here. Now, John Moore, again, like we said, 
a former Ranger, spent two years with the team. He was there during the Rangers' run to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2014, played in 21 games in the postseason that year. But if the Rangers move on from Mark Stahl and or Brendan Smith this offseason, then they're probably going to need to add a left defenseman. And I wouldn't mind picking up someone like Moore as kind of a low-risk addition to the team, uh, someone who can compete to be among the top six defensemen and be in the lineup every night. But, you know, I will admit, even as I say that, I feel like I would rather see what Liber Hayat can do, give him a little bit of a longer leash in the NHL. Maybe he takes a step forward next year in his second season in the league. And then, of course, it's only a matter of time before we're going to need room for Ke'Andre Miller and Nils Lundqvist, two former first-round picks for the Rangers back in 2018. Uh, Ke'Andre Miller is going to make his Ranger debut next season. I really do believe that. And if the Rangers do sign John Moore it's entirely possible that Miller takes his place at some point during the season after he gets called up. Uh, it could be a situation where Moore uh, really would have to play well to hold off Ke'Andre Miller. And even if Moore does play well, Ke'Andre Miller, obviously the one with more upside between the two, and the Rangers want to see what they have there. So I really don't think Moore would be able to hold off Ke'Andre Miller all season, but you never know what can happen. You know, injuries are a part of hockey. Uh, certain players might underperform, and it's nice to add a little bit of depth to a position where the Rangers... Uh, don't really have a ton of depth, and, you know, especially at left defensemen, defensemen in general, but especially at left defensemen, and we don't really know what can happen with Mark Stahl or Brandon Smith. You know, they're both buyout options themselves. We're going to talk about them a little bit next week as well as far as being potential buyouts, but I don't know. With John Moore, it's an option. Uh, like a lot of players on this list, he's just an option. You're not going to find perennial all-stars on the list of potential buyout candidates. It's just not going to happen, but depending on how the dominoes fall and what the Rangers do with Mark Stahl and Brandon Smith— Maybe there's an opening for a one-year stopgap type player uh, such as John Moore. And if not John Moore, maybe somebody kind of comparable to John Moore. Uh, somebody who's not uh, an ancient player by any means. You know, John Moore just 29 years old. And somebody who would just be a little bit of an upgrade on what the Rangers got at left defense over this past season. And... Maybe John Moore's your guy. Maybe you bring him back into the fold with the Rangers. He's a total journeyman anyway, so it would only make sense for him to be with a new team next season. Uh, we will see what happens there. As far as other potential buyout candidates, I think we can end this episode today right here, but we'll get into some other options uh, next week. We'll see over the weekend who might get bought out from their respective teams. We will talk about if any of them might be fits for the Rangers going forward, and we will obviously keep an eye on Henrik Lundqvist and see what happens there if he is indeed bought out by the New York Rangers. Again, I don't really want to see Henrik Lundqvist legend tenure as a blue shirt come to an end via a buyout, but that just might be the cold hard reality of what's about to happen. So it would really be unfortunate to see him go out that way. But unfortunately in sports, you know, not everybody, in fact, very few players get the storybook ending. And it might sound cold saying that, but I don't know. I, I would love to see Henrik Lundqvist back for one more season. I really would. But I just don't know how you make that work if you're the New York Rangers. You need to free up a little bit of cap space and uh, use that money on guys that could be a big part of your organization going forward. So we'll see what happens there. Oh, by the way, Game 4 of the Stanley Cup Finals is going on as we speak. I started recording this a little bit after noon today, and it's just been one of those crazy days where you're just kind of bouncing all over the place. And now the Stanley Cup Finals Game 4 is happening. So I do apologize for posting this a little bit later than usual, but it's just been one of those uh, crazy days. You know, everybody has them every now and then. So uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you guys enjoyed the episodes this week. Definitely come back next week, starting on Monday. We're going to have five brand new episodes for you guys next week as well. Going to continue to talk about the buyout situations with the Rangers and other teams. Going to obviously keep an eye on Henrik Lundqvist and going to continue spending some time on free agency and the NHL draft as well. And once again, if you'd like to join the Locked On New York Rangers Fantasy Hockey 
Hockey League, definitely send me an email or shoot me a DM on Twitter. Spots are filling up fast, but there is still time to secure your place in the league. It's going to be a lot of fun, you know, very casual, very laid back. So if you haven't played fantasy hockey before, you're not really sure what you're doing, that's okay. I don't know what I'm doing either because this is only going to be my third time uh, ever playing fantasy hockey. It's really hard to find enough hockey fans that you can get a fantasy hockey league. That's the uh, sad reality, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, definitely reach out to me and uh, we'll get you into the league. And you can do so by sending an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter or shoot me a DM on Twitter if you would like to get into the Fantasy League at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.